How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network. With gig speeds everywhere, it's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Orange and Brew, the podcast where we've married our two favorite pa- pastimes, the Denver Broncos and beer. I am JT Matthews. You can find me at JT Matthews 01 on Twitter. And I am here, as always, with the doctor, Nicholas Manning, uh, at DR underscore and Manning uh, on Twitter as well. And of course, you can follow the pod at Orange underscore and underscore brew on Twitter and Instagram. And we have a special guest today. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Mark DiGiacomo Jr., uh, an acquaintance of the Docs, and uh, is all about the Broncos and the NFL in general. Mark, how you doing today? What's up, guys? Where I'm you, doing well. You're on location. <clears throat> Where are you at today? I am on location at B-Dubs because my Wi-Fi at home is absolutely terrible and spotty, and so if I would have done this, it would have been like, uh, 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 uh. And I didn't want to do that to you guys. Fair enough. Fair enough. We appreciate well, that. Yeah. Well, and if there's a if there's a good place to post up for this podcast, B Dubs is, you know, beer and uh, and football. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like B Dubs should give us some sponsorship dollars. So hey, we can work on that. You know, <laughs> hey, help me yeah, out. You, you, you can uh, work it out while you're there. All right. <laughs> I'll try. I'll try. I know the bartenders. Maybe they could work right. some out for me. Perfect. There we go. I like it. Uh, and Mark, I want to give you an opportunity to talk about National Football Aficionado, a website that you're going to launch not in not too long, right? Yes, it's going to be a kind of a, it's going to be a website based. It's going to be a podcast, but also a website with articles and not nothing too in depth, but just kind of keep you updated on everyday NFL stuff like that, you know. And then the podcast will also feature everything NFL. Um, I'm a huge Broncos fan, but I just didn't want to categorize myself into one thing so i'm more nfl diverse so i just figured i would do more all the nfl yeah makes sense there's a there's a deeper pool i mean there's a pretty deep broncos pool so i think that to diversify sounds like a a pretty good i mean there's gonna be broncos information because we're hot right now with our coach so you know so of course well uh doc how you doing today i'm good man I, i told you right before we came on going to watch the best player in the world, Nikola Jokic, right. here tonight. Uh, I was afraid you. Were, I was afraid you were going to say Steph Curry and be like, "I would get me all like worked up." Oh gosh, I mean, Steph's Steph's legit. I don't even know if Steph's going to play because they played last night in Minnesota. Took that oh, yeah, so They might back do the back. old they never do back But you know what? I, the Broncos or the, the Nuggets are going to win no matter what. So, no matter. Yeah. I'm excited. So it'll be good. It'll be good. Uh, kudos to the Cronkies for raising those ticket prices, bro. 
Jeez. You know. Jeez. Uh, but you know what? When you got the back-to-back MVP and you don't have a TV deal, you got to make money somehow. So. Okay. <sighs> It's uh, it's the way of, of the, the capitalist life, right? You, know, no, you control, yeah. you control the market, basically. Control the market. You control the market. You control oh. the dollar. That's true. That's right. That's true. But you know what? I'm excited about it. It'll be a good time. Be a good time. Yeah. The, how are you gonna uh, get father-in-law to the to the seat if he just had surgery? Hashtag his problem. <laughs> We're actually like with the top row in the first section. So if you can get up the escalator. Okay. He's he got a walking boot. They told him he's supposed to walk. Oh, did that? I thought he was supposed to rest. Uh, yeah, that's what he said. But he was also a couple hours post surgery. So, if you know what that yeah, means, can't yeah. trust that. He's can't feeling good, that. got nerve blockers and all the good meds. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm stoked for it. It'll be fun. I, I haven't been to a Nuggets game. I go last year, maybe. I went to an Avs game last year, man. But uh, I can't even remember the last time I went to a game. Yeah. yeah, me neither. Unfortunately, it's just yeah, spend all my money on Broncos games. <laughs> yeah, you should <sure> do <laughs> next time. But, but I'm still thanks for asking. How about you? How about I'm you, doing Boston? All right. Doing all right, you know, hanging in there, getting through the work week. That's what uh, we're all doing, I think, nowadays. So get through the work week. Looking forward to the weekend. Uh, we got coach start our eight year old's team to their first win in basketball last Saturday. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Your boy balled out, too. Yeah, he had, like, the first text I got was, Luke killed it. (laughs) Yeah, he had, like, he had, like, 10 points and a few steals and uh, of of their 30 points. So, he did pretty good. Uh, That's Jokic's number. Proud pop pop a moment, for sure. Is that your son? Yeah, my second, my second. I've got four boys, and he's he's my sporty one, though. He's he's all sports all the time. He's, like, watching – YouTube videos about Giannis's early days and all sorts of stuff, like stuff that I don't even know about. He's teaching me. Dude, yeah, basketball I was my that, first. I sent him videos up. of like training, like basketball stuff. By sending it, I send it to to JT's wife to show him. Yeah. So, like, I just send anytime I see like dribbling tips, shooting tips, five ways to cross over your. He's he's like in it, man. He's like that kid's legit. He's legit. Can't be me, but he's good. He's on the eight. He'll outgrow you soon. <laughs> no, he won't. <laughs> yeah, maybe not him. Maybe, maybe, well, maybe he will. Maybe will. They uh, all. Let's jump into some Broncos talk. That's what we're here today for. It's what we brought uh, Mark on for to talk some Broncos. Uh, let's start with the obvious. We haven't reacted at all uh, to the news that it appears that Sean Payton is going to be the Broncos' uh, new head coach. Uh, Doc, give me an overall impression when the news dropped, how you were feeling about it, and uh, if you feel like this is a positive move or not. Well, we talked about it the, the previous pod that I predicted by today there would have been news. I was even like, I long shotted it. Yeah, you sure did. So I, I appreciate that there is, uh, that there was definition, right? That there was a direction for the organization. And they went big fish hunting. We talked about the, the they weren't going to open up the search again, and they didn't. And they landed one of the three guys that we had anticipated. There's a part of me that's disappointed that they had to give up their first-round pick, but it's the price you pay to, you know, really, Sean Payton is what? Top five coach in the league? I, I mean, uh, yeah. so what, totally what would you not give? What's uh, 
what's a guy who's going to get you know minimal who's the last 29th overall pick that come in and dominate the league in year one uh not too many so i'm excited one that it's over that the rampant conversations about how how messed up the the broncos org is for dragging their feet or do they know what they're i don't know all of the stuff uh right could have some clarity and then uh and then it goes into the abyss of who's he gonna bring in uh which is always fun but uh, i'm happy that that sean payton's a coach no matter what you think about him as a person i don't know him well enough i think that most head coaches are jerks to be quite honest with you you work 16 hours a day you're probably not that good of a person uh (laughs) jokes aside but um but he's a good catch i mean he's uh He's by far the best coach of the cycle, period. Probably one of the best free agent coaches in a while, right? Probably since Andy Reid. Dude, can we just say that it was really like his choice to pick us? Because he retired. He was like, I don't even know if I want to do this anymore. So, like, he picked us. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to interrupt you, Nick. No, you're right. There's an interview. The interview process goes both ways. The more of a, you know, more strength you have in your candidacy, the more you get a, the more the, the organization has to sell you, right? And Champagne's got cachet. I got, I have years of data, right? Of 16 years of being a head coach. I don't have to sell you guys on anything. I was, you know, averaged 11 wins a year. You tell me why I should work with you. What do you got yeah. for me? Um, I agree with you, Mark. I, I think that's a, an astute point. I think when you're when you're aiming for a guy that you have to sell him about why you want to be here, some of that's a really good place to be. You know, I'm, I'm not worried about whether or not he can come do the job. I'm worried about whether or not we can get him to come do the job. And, yeah, uh, they got a guy who I have no doubt that he'll be a good coach. Uh, how quick or any of that stuff, and we'll talk about that at some point. Uh, that remains to be seen, but I think it's a good hire, and I think you know, pick swap of a second and a third in 2024. To me, is it's minuscule, right? It's a, you know, it's twenty picks or whatever that might be moving around, and uh, and then uh, you know, the back end of a first. So essentially, they traded Bradley Chubb and a second for Sean Payton and a third. I'd, t- I'd take it if you'd ask us in November, like, hey, would you make that deal? We all would have been like, yeah, for sure, for sure, definitely. Yeah, Mark, do you do you agree with that assessment? I mean, like, do you how? What was your reaction when the news came through? Were you were you pumped? Were you a little disappointed? <clears throat> you know, I know, I know Peyton probably wasn't, wasn't everyone's first choice. And that's honestly, dude, he was my first choice actually. Nice. Cause I, like I was telling Nick, I didn't think we were going to get him. I thought like he came out, he was like, he was done with the saints. He was like, I've done everything he could do for them. He retires. He goes into the box and does the, the, the sports analysis gig, you know? And I just knew that wasn't the job for him, even though he did it really good. Um, but I just knew I was like, he's getting back into coaching. But I was like, but well, who's it gonna be? Like, he has his choice, man. Like, I feel like he had his pick of, but he had like certain staples that he wanted, like sta- stable ownership. Um, I forget all the other things that he mentioned. But I just knew that like he was the guy that was gonna get us where we needed to go, just because uh, what he did with Drew Brees and what I hope that he maybe will do with Russell. So that was why he was always my first choice. Yeah, did the compensation bug you at all? Or did you feel like that was a fair? Oh, uh, dude, that uh, was that that sucks. It it does, but I feel like in the long run, if it helps our team eventually accomplish what we want to accomplish, it's worth it. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I, you know, I'm I'm a draft guy. For <laughs> like, 
that first round pick is valuable in my eyes and it's value. I mean, it's valuable regardless, you know, uh, but to me, I like, I'm, I'm all bummed because we don't get to do first round draft coverage. Um, but <laughs> right. Yeah. Besides that though, it's like, like Nick said, like you would make that trade, you know, Chubb, Chubb all second, day, all day. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's worth, it's worth the investment. We saw what it's like to have a, a bad head coach. Like I don't, I don't want to crap on Nathaniel Hackett. I think he's a good, a good dude and probably does things well. Um, but he just, he was in he, over his head, man. Yeah. He was over his, in over his head. He didn't, he didn't uh, execute here in Denver. And I think we've got a, we got a, a high standard here. Um, but I think Peyton's a guy that's going to come in and, you know, write the ship, write the ship. Now, again, we'll talk about expectations because I think that that's uh, probably the next point. But uh, for as far as someone coming in that you have confidence is going to turn things around, I think Peyton's at the top of that list. Uh, I know he was probably first or second on my my list of uh, head coaches that I wanted. I think he was probably second or third for Doc. Uh, Doc's a big Harbaugh guy. Big Harbaugh uh, guy. I would have been okay with Harbaugh too. I mean, the khakis you know? and Sharpie all day. <laughs> However, the, when we talked about the top three, right? Because I'm a, I'm a D'Amico Ryan's guy. I love D'Amico. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that said, you know, it's a, it's like pick your, whatever, pick your, when you're on the beach, pick your favorite Hawaiian drink. Like, they're all going to be probably pretty good. Yeah. And right. it's just like, why? Sean Payton is the best coach, but because of the compensation, that's the, that's right. the draw, right? Araba. You get the NFL pedigree, the success everywhere, a little weird, and you never know if he's going to go back to his ex. And D'Amico, like, probably, like, could be the best out of all of them, but he also could not be very good at all, and you have no idea what his staff is going to look like. So it's all kind of like how you want to take this swing, um, and I'm, I'm glad that they – I'm glad they landed the guy who was the best coach. When you have as many questions as, as you had, right, the – no one wants to come coach Russ. Literally, that's you know, what I thought. This guy's on track for a Hall of Fame career. Yeah, 152 wins in 15 years. The Saints, look at what their record was before Sean Payton. And then look what he did just by himself. Right. And right. if anyone watched Drew Brees before New Orleans, can't say that Sean, you know, that Drew Brees made Sean Payton. Right, right. There's always a collaborative effort, right? He was yeah, he played the Broncos a lot. He looked like a good quarterback, but not a great one. Couldn't beat out Phillip Rivers or Doug Flutie. And like, I mean, there's like those things. So, um, you know, Sean Payton picking here with all of the stuff that has to do with uh, with Russ and all those things. Maybe that's just media creation to, to get clicks and and in uh, traffic on website, whatever. And the guy that that should have been kind of the toast of the cycle is the Denver Broncos' 19th head coach. Yeah. I'm excited too. Cause it's a, it's an, another offensive head coach, which I think is like what we we've had some defensive head coaches. Nathaniel Hackett was supposed to be this breath of fresh air uh, inventive offensive coach. We didn't see that at all. In fact, we saw quite the opposite. So for someone to come in that, you know, specializes on the offensive side of the ball, I think that's what this team needed as much as I like D'Amico Ryan's. Uh, and I think he's going to be a good coach. Uh, eventually. I don't know if it'll be this stop in Houston because, Houston's a bit of a, a garbage fire um, rebuild for sure. Yeah. And so I don't know that this is going to be his best showing as a head coach. I think eventually he'll be a really good coach. So 
Um, I don't know that the timing would have been good here either for him to, to start his career, his coaching career with Denver. So I think an established guy that can come in and work with Russ is, uh, exa- is exactly what this team needs. Uh, let's talk expectations, though. Uh, Mark, I'm going to hit you up first. What is your expectation for the upcoming year? I mean, obviously, last year, I think uh, everyone was drinking the Russ Kool-Aid. I think we've all backed down. I was, I was too. <laughs> I oh, was yeah. too. I w- we were drinking it pretty heavy over here. No, uh, no shame in that. I think we were excited about the acquisition. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, we probably needed to uh, put a little context there. But uh, what's, what should Broncos fans' expectations be under this new coaching regime? Okay, so last year was so terrible. I can't even recall our record right offhand. We were five and we five, was it five wins? That five we had? wins, yeah. yeah. Five wins. Okay, so if you feel like an uh, inept coach like Nathaniel Hackett can get five wins, I feel like a dude like Sean Payton easily is worth five more wins, at least. So I would say at least ten wins. Like, like, like Nick was saying earlier, he totally flipped around the Saints when he went there. They went from one of the worst records to, like, the next year making the playoffs. So I can totally see him doing that here. And we have a huge group of talent that he has to work with offensively, you know? We're getting Tim Patrick excited about that, dude. Um, uh, he was a, a, a weapon we were really missing last year that we, we really needed, you know? And uh, and with Russell, like, I don't know if you guys remember, but remember the last years of Bruce's, Breeze's career, they were, like, saying he couldn't throw the deep ball. Remember? He was just, like, he throws intermediate routes because he doesn't have the arm anymore. Right, but, dude, right. now he's got a guy that's like Breeze that's got the arm. That Dude, Russ's best ability is throwing the deep ball. And now he's got that in his in his range of offense, like, at his, at his abilities. I'm like, I feel like that's going to really help his offense more than it ever did in New Orleans. You know? No, that's a great point. Uh, yeah, I think – if you need someone to come in and fix your quarterback, I think Sean Payton was probably the best option out there. Doc, uh, you think 10 wins? Is, that seems a little – I'm a little worried to, to, to hope that <laughs> wins, you know, uh, after such a tough year. Is that is that a fair expectation, you think? Uh, maybe. Do I think that he was worth four wins from – yeah, like if – if Sean Payton had this last roster, they would yeah. take for sure. Yeah, I mean, they don't lose to the Raiders twice. They don't lose to the Seahawks. Uh, they beat the Chiefs at least one time. You know, it's Nathaniel Hackett and... Uh, and we win and, at least one of those overtime games, too. One, yeah, we beat the Colts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe that's at 11, right? Like, uh, So, if, if you were to ask me what would their record have been this year, I would have said... 11. I, I would have said that they would have had the record. I would have thought they would have next year. I don't know just based on, you know, you don't know the health of the team and all that good stuff. I do think that the playoffs are a reasonable expectation. One reason for that is he's going to address the offensive line. He did that every year in New Orleans, whether it was first round picks, whether it was big dollars, right? Terrence Armstead, Ryan, Ramoshek, um, right. They, they made a, the deal, the trade, Jeremy, uh, you know, Jimmy Graham or Max Unger. And yeah, they won that deal, you know, getting a, getting a center that, you know, and they built from the inside out, um, Jabari Evans, et cetera. They, they have always made sure they've had interior offensive linemen to be able to keep the pocket steady. 
if he can do that, uh, I have no doubt. They've always been happening. big guys too. Big guys. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you know, it'll be, it'll be some beef. It won't be, um, it, and it'll be an offense. I think that can do a little bit of everything. It'll be zone concepts. It'll be power. It'll be gap. Um, but the important part will be he's, he's a competent guy that does what his team does well. And so I think if he hires the right, uh, you know, the right defensive coordinator where really he can put a lot of attention to addressing the inefficiencies on the offensive side of the ball. I don't know that all of a sudden we're going to be a top five offense. I, I, I won't, I won't go there, but top 10 top, you know, and, and I think we've talked about it. If they averaged 20 points a game last year, they went 10 games easy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think that that is a, a I think that's an appropriate expectation uh, for this team. You know, overall, his uh, his points per game. You know, they were fourteen. His fourteenth with Jameis Winston and Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill, right? And so, uh, with competent quarterback play, they were top ten all but four years of his, uh, uh, including when he was the Giants' offensive coordinator. So, right. and who knows? You know, that was. Prime Eli time, maybe even before Eli. I don't even know. So anyway, I, I think that that's an important thing for us to be able to to really focus on is the stability that it's going to provide. His connections to right, like Mike Munchak worked for him. He's had really consistent offensive line coaching for his entire time, uh, and, and I think some some solid connections on the defensive side of the ball. Chris Richard, who either can come step in and be. Uh, a defensive assistant and step in if Ajiro, Ajiro Evero stays and then, you know, in Jets next year for a well-deserved head coaching position or can come in uh, now. Obviously, Vic Fangio almost wanted to come back here after getting fired. Here I thought that year. was weird, dude. So yeah, I thought that was really weird. Super I mean, <laughs> I, you know, and there were some conversations about whether or not Vic would have just taken a demotion. He loves Colorado. He really loved being in Denver. That said, if you, you know, hey, like I, I really think I might go work for that guy in the place I just got fired. I mean, it says a lot. Yeah. And I think that that's how much people have respect, especially coaches for, uh, for what Sean Payton can do. Yeah. Let's uh, we're not going to take a break, not an official break, but let's talk about our beer. Cause I was going to leave <laughs> with that. And then I forgot to be, to be. Right? <laughs> so uh, you forgot your beer. <laughs> no, I, I have the beer. I've been wanting to drink it. That's why I was like, we got to get to beer so I can crack the beer. <laughs> Mark, why don't you kick us off? What are you drinking over at B-Dubs? Okay. Um, hold on, let me pull the notes up that I have about it. Yeah, no problem. It is a cider. I know you guys normally do brews, but every time I come here, I, I get this beer, this cider here because it's really good. It's a pineapple punch cider. Oh, interesting. From and it's from Stem Stem Ciders. I think it's locally based in Colorado. Nice. And it's actually it. on tap. And I always prefer ciders on tap for some reason. They always taste different in a bottle or a can. I don't know for some reason to me. Oh yeah. And so this this is delicious, man. Uh, it's not too appley, but it's not too pineappley. It's like a good mix. Not too, not like over sweet. It's got a got a nice uh, mouth feel. Yeah, it's got like uh, enough tartness where it's not like too sweet like you're saying for sure yeah that sounds delicious now we we deviate from beers every once in a while uh doc's been doing some some seltzers lately yeah i don't do those but 
They're not my they favorite. just had this one night, and so I decided to try it. And every time I come here, I've been drinking it. One of these times, they won't have it, and I'll have to drink something else. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Doc, what about you? What are you rocking today? So I got a. This is from Brewdog Brewery again. Oh, so I'm in the O H I O. I O. Uh, this is the Elvis juice, grapefruit infused IPA. Elvis juice. Say that five times fast. I will not. I especially <laughs> won't now, but I'll try it actually after I have it. Um, yeah, so happiness, happiness a little bit more, um, a little bit more on the, on the happy side, minimal bitterness per the profile, the taste profile on their website, which I appreciate uh, a little bit more on the multi size. So 6.5 ABV. Again, it's an I. It's an IBA. It's got fourteen point six carbs. Not awful, not awful. Um, but I'm super excited. So an all American IPA with a bitter edge that will push your citrus tolerance to the break and back. Oh snap! Elvis juice is loaded with tart, piffy grapefruit. This IPA has a caramel malt base supporting a full frontal citrus overload. Grapefruit piled on top of an intense aroma hops. Waves of crashing pine, orange, and grapefruit. Round out the citrus infused IPA. Now it's heavily selling. Does it have Elvis on it? No. Ah, uh, no picture. No. Lame. It's probably like <laughs> copywritten. Like if you put like a yeah, picture, true. You probably have to. Um, so none of that, but it's really selling the the citrus. So if it doesn't deliver the citrus, catching that L. Gonna catch now. All right. When you're selling the citrus, you got. Did it. you say when you were in, in the description? Did you say pithy, pithy grapefruit? Pithy. Wow. Can oh, I ask what's it? What's its relation to Elvis? That's a good question. <laughs> that is a good question, actually. Um, is there? Is there I don't it? appreciate. I used to work in the liquor business forever, so I'm just curious. I don't appreciate difficult com like questions that I can't answer. On the only time. thing I could think of is is. <laughs> Uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is in, in Ohio, right? So maybe there's some tie to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame because it's in yeah, Ohio. You know, and I haven't really like Elvis was one of the first people inducted in the Hall of Fame. So it yeah. could be that maybe. Maybe. Maybe it's a local, that local tie. Yeah, I'll go with that, but it's probably not. It's probably <laughs> right. not it. They have some I'll really take, cool stuff. Uh, they have some really good stuff. Um, I check out. So they have a uh, a German brew. That I'm has fifty-seven point eight ABV. Okay, um, which is significant. That was a, yeah, yeah. So just is, something to that is uh, insane. They do love Elvis. There's the Elvis AF uh, beer. That's actually non-alcoholic. It's so not too bad. Um, they got quite a bit. I might have to have to jump on it. Looks like they got a little food section when when you go there. So you go to Ohio. Yeah, not too bad. Right. I mean, I don't know if I'd go there. I check out their website too. They got a a brew sheet, breaks down the you know the color, oh, nice. um, what type of hops is in it, um, the ingredients. It's it's pretty transparent. So nice job, <laughs> nice job to Brewdog. Check them out like Ohio Zone Brewdog. Free shipping uh, if you buy over fifty dollars. Just saying. Isn't it legal to buy? Uh, ship alcohol over state lines. I don't know. I might just be. I think it is now since there's no longer prohibition. <laughs> and I think the only thing is you just have to sign for it and you have to be like 21. I've done oh, it okay. for one. 
Yeah, don't impl- that makes sense. Yeah, because you get oh, like don't don't implicate yourself on a on a, a random <laughs> podcast. All right. Yeah. Got it for this kid. I got nothing. To, I got nothing to hide, guys. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I'm drinking the Accumulation IPA from New Belgium. Uh, it's got a nice little retro can here. I don't know if y'all can see it. It's kind of got like those yeah. retro y colors. I like it. Uh, and of course, New Belgium. We're always a big fan of New Belgium. I've had a lot of New Belgium lately, and I'm not mad about it, to be honest. Uh, it's got it's a 6.5 ABV, 70 IBUs, uh, some Mosaic Lotus Strata El Dorado hops. Um, yeah, that's about it. It looks delicious. It's 70 IBUs, so it's going to be fairly uh, fairly hoppy and bitter, but I like that in an IPA. So let's. Uh, Oh, there was a little, there was a little, hold on. There's a little, a little, uh, whatever this is called, a little thingy here. With a powdery soft body and mountain of fruit forward hops, this limited time hazy IPA is only available during our favorite time of the year ski season. So, uh, fruit forward. So there you go. Something to look for when we're trying it, trying it out. Doc, you ready to pop these bad boys open? Yeah. I I didn't bite you, but you got it on tap, so. Show off. We'll, we'll still give you a cheers. <laughs> Salute, guys. Cheers. All right, Doc. Three, two, one. Oh yeah, that was that was snappy. that was good. Snappy one. All right. Little, little the sniff test. How are we doing on the sniff test? So far, so good. I know mine actually smells really good. I'm like excited to to drink this. Sometimes we pick some up and I'm like, yeah, we're gonna try it for the pod. This one I'm excited about. Yeah. Well. All right. Cheers again. Cheers, boys. What's that meme? Oh. You got that bitter beer face or what? <laughs> bitter beer face. I forgot about that. <laughs> that's uh, that's dating me quite a bit. So. Dude, those Miller Light, commercials. Baby. Miller Light. <laughs> that's back when commercials were clever. <laughs> right? <laughs> Uh, Doc, how are we feeling? You about know, I I thought it would be more like flavorful. Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh, is it getting now? No, I so I give it a small dub, it's good. Like, it's it's the problem is it's pretty crushable, it's not oh. like overly flavorful. So, Dude, there's nothing wrong with crushable. Trouble. You probably get yourself yeah, crush, in trouble. crushable is okay. Um, usually IPAs aren't all that crushable, but, uh, you know, crushable IPA is not a bad thing. There's some citrus, so it's not, it's not like bland, but I mean, in the, in the description, like it was like, you know, you're pretty much just going to the, the fruit section of your local grocery and just going, just, just picking a hambo, but it's not bad. And I'm not a grapefruit fan, but it still tastes good. Like I'll still, it's uh it's finishable. So I'll give it a small dub. Not not overly flavorful, but enough to warrant the the fruit field purchase. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm gonna. So make it's a little pregame for your game, right? Yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna make. I think I'm gonna make Doc upset with this one because he gave it to me last night. I was like, I don't have a beer. He's like, I got you, and he gave me this. IPA and it is delicious. You should have mm-hmm. kept this one. You should have given me that one to kept this one. This one. <laughs> it's really good. It is fruit forward, which like 
I'm not always looking for a fruit forward IPA, but uh, you know, if you're putting fruit in a beer, it's got to be done right. It can't be oversweet. It can't be. Uh, it's perfect. It's just a perfect balance. You get some citrus in the front. You still get that that bitter hops at the end. It's uh, it's a winner. I'm sad that it's seasonal because I'm like I'm gonna go buy a bunch of it uh, and store it for the year now. I have to, I'll have to because it's good. So yeah. Doc, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I stole your winner. That's all right. I'll allow it. Hey, as long as it's a winner, then I'll let you win. All right. All right. Well, the, I'll I'll buy a six pack and I'll I'll make sure to spot you one. My man. <laughs> uh. Beer time, always, always a good time. Let's uh, let's get back into let's get back into Marco's talk though. Um, I want to talk about this roster, uh, and for the upcoming year and the construction, what we feel like it's going to look like. Um, there's a lot of talk about, you know, it, it's going to be maybe a little older roster with the lack of draft picks that the Broncos have right now. Uh, what do we expect this draft class to look like? What do we expect this free agent class to look like? Uh, Doc, I'll start with you on this one. You know, do you expect that when we get to draft time, these are going to be the picks we have and that's it? Or do you expect moves to be made to acquire some more, um, some more picks? Uh, or do you think it's just going to be a free agent heavy uh, off season? Oh, that's, that, that's good. I think it'll be a very heavy free agent off season. I think that they will, restructure and make some cuts talk about that in the last pod so i think that that will happen because I, I bet that this team wants to win now so i think that there will be some heavy investments in fortifying especially the offensive line probably the offensive line and defensive line hopefully we can get a restructure with someone like darby to keep the the secondary intact you have some young guys coming back so uh i feel like that room probably will be okay so from there, I don't think that this will be the, the number of picks that the team ends up with. I think that one one of those thirds will get split, I bet. You know, get a fourth yeah. and a fifth, something like that. I also think that if a guy like Garrett Bowles, um, he'll probably be asked to restructure maybe, or if not, you know, that's a guy that could provide you some a positive trade asset. Someone like Cortland Sutton or KJ Hamler could be guys that you could maybe find a, a willing trade partner on. Um, and I would hate to say it. I don't know that it would be something that I would do, but I don't know that it's something that I wouldn't do. Uh, Justin Simmons is a phenomenal player. Yeah. The defense looked really good with him and without him. Uh, so you know, if you think that you can get a cost-effective safety to pair up, you know, maybe it's P.J. Locke and Caden Stern. Oh, man, you want to get rid of Justin? No. Do dude, I want no. to? Do I want to? No. Do I think that if you can get a premium draft pick and free up $17 million so that you can, you know, you can get another stud interior defensive lineman or a, you know, long-term right tackle? Sure. I think that you have to be open to that. I, th I think that uh, you got to be able to to play the game. I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't trade Justin, but I would always say calls. I would always say yeah. calls. I don't think that there's anyone on the roster that if someone called, I'd hang up. Right? There's no Nikola Jokic. There's no Nathan McKinnon. Like, nope. I'm going to take call on everyone. And uh, if you give me a pretty good deal, 
I might take it. And that's just because we saw what the team could do without him. They played some really good defense with some some other guys, right? I mean, you even saw that in the cornerback <laughs> room. So I think what do you think we could get for him? Hmm? What do you think we could get for him? What do I think? I think it depends on the who, right? So no one's going to give you, I think, a Jamal Adams package. You get two <laughs> ones. That was ridiculous. Uh, but could you get a back end one? Maybe. Could you get a couple of day two picks, a second this year, a second next year? Maybe. Uh, I think it would all have to kind of make sense. I think it all depends, too, on the cash up front, what would be a knock on your cap this year uh, and what you feel. I don't think it would be a guy that I would move off of. I think his leadership, and especially on the defensive end, when the area that you need to address would be on offense. But, again, I think it's a fine Yeah. I mean, I think it's smart to, to field calls like – you know, with with a new coach, with new regime, always comes change. You know, I, I, again, like we're not trying to 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 sell anyone, and and we're not trying to get rid of Justin Simmons per se. But I think you got to field calls, like especially in a team as a team that doesn't have a lot of draft asset, looking to probably uh, bolster that a little bit. You know, if you're getting interest in someone, you know, outside of Patrick Sertan, I'd say, you know, you're at least listening to offers. Um, I don't think that that's a bad way to go. Uh, Mark, do you feel similarly? You feel like this draft class is, you feel like it's going to be an older, maybe more experienced roster with some, uh, the addition of some free agents, uh, or do you see some big moves being made? Well, um, to be honest, like I'm not even sure like what free agents are going to be free agents next year. I haven't even looked at any of that yet. Um, Also, but I do know that the Broncos have like, have like what 40 million we're gonna have like 40 some million in cap space next year with the rollover and with the increase of the, the whole salary cap in general um i feel like with like nick was saying earlier he sean payton's gonna build a line i think that's where we're really lacking on offense is our line so if we can maybe get some good free agents like i said i don't even know if there's even a good free agent offensive line now right now yeah i should have done my research a little bit better um we I feel like that's better. it's all right. I put you on the spot, <laughs> but I feel like that that that's what we need to do is boost the offensive line. I feel like everywhere that Sean Payton is done, he's going to do that. So somehow during the draft or free agent, he's going to bring someone in or draft well to boast that you know because we need that. And I feel like that's what we're missing in the offense is a solid offensive line yeah. that we haven't had. I can't even remember when we had a good one. Even with Payton, I don't think we had a good one. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely been an area where we need improvement for some time. Uh, I think I could see some moves being made. You know, I think I think anytime you can acquire assets, you got that's the name of the game for uh, the front office. It's just one of those things that, that I think is inevitable. And I think, you know, in order to clear up cap space too, that moves are going to be made, whether that be cuts. I think, you know, ideally you want to get value for those guys instead of uh, having to let them go for nothing or, um, you know, taking an unfavorable uh, deal. So I think, you know, if you feel like your best option is to get some value and out of some guys that, you know, maybe their time's out here, then I think that that's probably the best way to go. Um, expectations as far as staff, I'll, I'll hit Nick on this one. I don't know. I didn't prep you on this one, Mark. So, but if you've got someone in mind, any expectation uh, for staff, anyone you want to see on this coaching staff outside of obviously anyone he could bring with him or retain that you would be excited about? Anyone to retain. I would really like Marcus Dixon back. 
uh, defensive line coach. I think he did a phenomenal job with the guys up front last year. We saw really good contributions towards the end of the year from Matt Henningsen and and thank you. <laughs> I still let my dogs in. You're fine. Oh, thanks. Good job, dude. Thank you. I think Mark and Stixon returning would be a, a coup. That he did a really good job with uh, with bringing the guys up last year. Some uh, some late round picks I think flourished as the year went on. You saw Jonathan Harris for the first time look like an NFL player. He's been on the Broncos practice squad for yeah, uh, and looked like a guy that maybe should hang around. So I think that would be a guy that I would like to keep. Uh, I think that there are a slew of guys that you could make a case for. I also think depending on whether or not Evero comes back. I was just going to bring that up. I was like, let's talk about Evero. Like, shouldn't we say that he's for, like... I'd love for Evero to come back. I think the question would be, right, first is, does he want to? Um, right. You know, if your best friend got axed. However, in but the I NFL, mean, if you don't understand that uh, it's a results-oriented business and he is in those rooms too. I mean, it's not like the team was performing, so you can't have a over you know you can't be overprotective when it comes to those things so i don't know i i think with vic not being an option i wonder if vic isn't an option because evero is more of an option than we thought okay you know and maybe vic got word and was like all right well i'll take the job in uh in miami it's good money no state tax you know it's where 60 year olds go anyway so (laughs) true uh, very true you know not a a bad way to do it Uh, so i'd love evero to come back but I yeah. want him to want to come back. And then uh, I really, you know, however they want to address the offensive line, Coach, I, I feel really strongly about Munch coming back. Yeah, I'd love that. Uh, but but I also think he can – Dude, he, can he turned bowls around. He did, and he's just he, – he's a proven guy, right? They, they messed around and found out. Uh, and, and the guys that they could have brought in uh, or the guy that they did bring in, didn't have a lot of fanfare before he came in. There was a lot of bad stuff about uh, Coach Barry beforehand, and it and it panned out. Assistant wise, I think anyone that knows how to run his system, P. Carmichael, uh, etc., would be would be great just because they know what it is. I, I see a lot about trying to bring in someone and infuse some of Kyle Shanahan's style. I heard today approach. maybe Lombardi, you know, from the Chargers, because yeah. he. Basically, yeah. I mean, Joel Lombardi was he was a scapegoat for them because. Brandon Staley couldn't get it done and they weren't going to fire him. So they fired Lombardi. Yeah. And I think Joe Lombardi probably would come in as like, you know, Pete Carmichael would probably come in as an OC. Uh, and, and Lombardi probably be a quarterback coach. I bet something like that would be, uh, would be doable in the end. Sean Payton's going to be the, you know, he's the stick. He's going to stir the crap out of it. So I'm not really worried about those. I think anyone that would help him run his system would be phenomenal. Would I love it if they were able to get an up-and-coming offensive coordinator that really could could manage it? That'd be cool. But P. Carmichael was calling plays, uh, you know, I think probably the last several years Yeah, yeah. when, when Peyton was there. So I'd be okay with that. I don't think Carmichael's going to get a head coaching gig anytime soon. He hasn't. I doubt that he would now. Um, right. So uh, I would be a fan do of you that. Guys kind think of that do you guys think that Evero's going to get a head coaching job? No, not in this cycle. Doesn't um, look like it. Yeah, this cycle. I mean, would maybe, he, maybe well, in Indy. Well, if he doesn't, he then why wouldn't he come back here? Because every other job is going to be a lateral move. Why would he leave? To, 
why would he not stay here? Because he, because your best friend got fired. <laughs> yeah, but you like, if I was at a job and my best friend worked there and he got fired, like, and if I liked the job enough, I wouldn't really care so much. Yeah, maybe he didn't like. Maybe he doesn't like the job enough. Maybe you're maybe. upset with how I, you know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how the message was delivered. I don't know if they. You don't know. I don't know. I would assume that they did it as professional as they could. George Payton seems like that kind of dude. I doubt Greg Penner is a guy that is malicious. And but who knows? Um, I would hope not. I hope that the feels go out of it. That locker room loves him. They absolutely love him. Dude, that everyone defense that was I've awesome last to, year, man. Everyone that I've talked to, you know, they they'd go through uh, they'd go through everything for him. Um, and I think you know he deserves an opportunity to be here, run it back show that he can be consistent and get a job next year. He could get a job in Indy and in Arizona just because no one wants to work with Kyler. And they're, they're that's what I keep hearing. And, uh, and who knows what Indy's doing? Dude, they're going to go through their third round of interviews. <laughs> that's going to be Jeff really Saturday. Done. It's going to be Jeff Saturday. Let's like, I, I just think like, that they for he's trying of... to like talk himself into it. That's what yeah. I, yeah. That's what I feel. So can we all agree that Ursay is like nuts? <laughs> he's like the new okay. Al Davis. <laughs> he's uh, when you crap on Peyton Manning on the way out, you know, you're not like, he's not a good dude. Truth. I have no doubt. I have no doubt that he's, he's not a great, a great human, but so who knows, who knows what they do there. I don't think Evero, I wouldn't give him a job. Like he had one really good year as a, as a defensive coordinator when you're really transitioning from Vic Fangio's scheme with a lot of the players who were there before, you know, a lot of talent on that side of the ball, a lot of money on that side. So uh, it's hard to kind of mess it up. We'll see if he can do it two years in a row though. Yeah. Mark, it sounds, sounds like, sorry, doc. Mark sounds like that's, you'd be down for Evero coming back. I'm with, I'm with Nick on that. Like, I think he still needs to prove a little more, you know, like, to show that he really is a good defensive coordinator, not just a transition coach, you know? Yeah. But I think that was like last year, our, that was like our only bright spot on the whole team was the defense. Can we For agree sure. on that? Like, totally, totally. The reason uh, I would watch Greg, the games is because of that. Latavius <laughs> okay. Murray. <laughs> yeah, exciting. Real exciting. <laughs> oh, man, the L train, bro? The L train? No, but I agree. No, right? It was the most consistent of the you know it, alex singleton balled out you think that that was an accident right like i think evero did a really good job who are we talking about jaquan mcmillan right and there i think yeah, he asked, yeah, yeah. why hasn't that dude been playing all year probably wasn't playing because the other guys were better and the guy was ready to go right and Jiro evero was able to call a defense that maximized his effectiveness that guy hasn't sniffed an nfl playing field his entire life and all of a sudden comes in and contributes so I love it, and especially because I think that that group knows that he's good, right? They know that, like, he's going to help me get paid, which, yeah, you know, in, in professional terms, that I trust him to put me in good spots where I can I can make some things happen, um, and some consistency. Having some some returning people is always nice, especially a coordinator position. Like, let's not mess with that side of the ball. Yeah, because it already really did, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no, I agree with that. I think I would be fine with Evro coming back. I'd feel good about that. You know, I think he has shown at least from a, a, an X is an O standpoint, maybe maybe he's got a little more to show. 
before I would trust him to be a head coach. I think he's shown that he can be a defensive coordinator in this league. I think he's shown that he can be effective with, you know, even if the personnel was handed over to him from another regime, you know, those guys have still have to want to come in and play for you and, and trust that system. And they seem to do that all season. Uh, they fell off a little bit towards the end of the year, but I think part of that's a little bit of fatigue, health. Um, the season wasn't going to, to plan, so maybe uh, a little loss of motivation. But I'd love to see him get another opportunity. The only thing that I don't like is that probably next year he'd be, you know, assuming that that defensive unit plays well or relatively well, he's back in, um, you know, the, the coaching cycle carousel trying to get hired somewhere else. So you lose a defensive coordinator. But remember, there's two reasons why that's fantastic. One, people want to work somewhere where you're going to get them promoted. That's true. Which means that there's going to be a lot of up-and-coming guys that want to work for you. So, again, Chris Richard was a co-defensive coordinator for the Saints the last several years. So he would come in and potentially be EB coach or or what have you. Right. He can naturally slide in. The second reason is after two years of a, being a coordinator, if a minority candidate gets a head coaching job, you get two third-round picks for fostering their growth and development and helping them achieve you know, being a head coach. So out of the picks. So then all of a sudden next year, when the Broncos lose a second, they get a third, they would get two additional thirds, which again would go into uh, uh, kind of recouping some of the, the Russell Wilson, Sean Payton trade. So I don't think that there's a worse. And to be honest, if you're going to lose coordination on one side of the ball, you want it to be on the defensive side of the ball more, you know, more, more or less, it's it's talent driven on that side, right? Read and react, uh, be able to make plays. Offense is, I think, in my opinion, it's more schematic uh, than anything. You can scheme more good, more things with average players on offense than you can on defense. Uh, and uh, defensive coaches get let go a lot faster in head coaching positions, so you can always hire down a lot easier, right? Steve Wilkes, etc. Most of those guys aren't getting another head coaching look. Uh, so you can always kind of bank on a few of those guys getting let go every year. So, I, in my opinion, it's easier to kind of refuel, right? And so uh, that would be why I would want it. So I, I'd rather have it be that. Let them grow their top five defense next year. Get some more play for a head coaching job, and we'll uh, we'll solve it when we are. We have our head coach, which to me is the stability we need moving forward for sure. I'd rather worry about coordinators than the head coach. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the only other person I'd throw kind of in that conversation, I think, is Jerry Rosberg. I don't know what the future holds for him. I don't even know if he's interested in coming to to uh, stay with this organization. But he's someone who's shown, you know, in his in a short interim stint that uh, can command a room that guys respect, that uh, has experience, which again is is crucial. Even though we've gotten this experienced head coach coming in, I think the more experience you have in the room, you always say, Doc, that you want guys that. Uh, do their job better than you would so that uh, you guys are working at a, at a premium. Mm-hmm. Um, Rosberg's the other, only other guy that I, I would really hate to see go um, just because I think he, he could bring something to the team. You know, he brings some leadership. He brings uh, a, a bit of a hard nose edge, which uh, let's be honest, they didn't have much of last year. You know, I, I, I anticipate that'll change. Uh, but you got to have guys in place that'll that'll kind of uh, that culture. I think he's one of those guys. Yeah, you know, if Rosberg comes back to be the special teams coordinator, some of it is like you worry about like, are there too many egos in the room? Sure, right? Like, but you hope that Sean Payton is a 
is ego enough that everyone egos into their own realm. Yeah. <laughs> you got Frostberg, who probably stole himself after doing a really good job head coaching. You know, you got you got a couple guys like Evero, who's got you know the most interviews. So I do think that that would be really impactful. But I'd rather have that problem than not, right? Like yeah, no more Brocolivos, no more we don't really do any, like, Dwayne Stukes is like let's get guys that know the job that have done it and uh and let George Payton get them some talent to get the job done. Yeah. Yeah. Uh good talk, guys. I think we're gonna cut it here. Any closing thoughts, Mark, in, in, uh about this this coaching hire? Um let me just—I want to go back to the whole Rosberg thing. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. absolutely. Like, uh, okay, so I heard—I heard earlier today that they said that when Rosberg was here as our coach, he like, he like just hung out with the analyst guys and like hung out in a room. He wasn't even like on the field or like. Do Do you really think like? Do you think that the the organization even respects him enough to like give him that position? Yeah, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what what that piece of information is, but all the all the things that I'd he- I'd heard coming out of there is that he was a pos- it was a positive change, and I think it reflected on the field, you know, more than anything. Uh, I think you remove that Nathaniel Hackett piece, and uh, it, uh, probably you know you could stick a lot of guys in there, and there would be some positive. Uh, and there's always that little bit of like. Yeah, like we we need to re we need to re-energize the room. We just make a change, and that happens naturally. I think a little bit, um, but I never got the impression that he was disliked by the players or anything. So I'd be interested. Oh no, I'm not saying that, but I just maybe I wouldn't say. I'm just like maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking um, they just maybe they didn't think enough of him as a position coach. I don't know. Maybe because oh, he's all about saying. analytics, you know, because it's he's more on that side of the ball. I don't know. I mean, that's where my thought went. His experience has been, he was a special teams associate head coach for Baltimore for a really long time. He was actually out of coaching and they brought him in. So the question to me much more would be, hey, Jerry, are you okay with being a special teams coach? Like, I mean, there's grind in that, right? Like it's a full-time job now. It's not a... It's not a job helping the assistant or the head coach know when to call a timeout. Like this is, you're in there, you're running. Yeah, stuff. it's a real job, you know. Right, and if he's willing to do it, I think, I think Sean Payton would interview him. Um, if not, uh, Dick Millis was uh, uh, Joe yeah. D, who was Broncos longtime, you know, special teams coach, Super Bowl fifteen or Super Bowl fifty, two thousand fifteen uh, coach is available. So I think that there are several guys I love. I'd love him to come back. I think what we have to do is let go of the nostalgia. Right, it's like uh, if some of our favorite coaches on staff get let go, we have the head coach who has experience and enough tentacles around the NFL to pull in guys who will do a good job. I think, and if not, he's also stern and business enough that he'll move off of guys to to do that. And we have the ownership that will let him do that because they can pay off underperforming assistant. I mean, Nathaniel Hackett had like a five year deal, man. Right or whatever. Like, yeah, no, you ain't it. We're going to pay you out, and that's fine. We got pockets. You, you see the Chargers can't do that with Brandon Staley because the, the owners can't afford to pay two coaches. So uh, you, you, you see what happens here, and I bet um, I bet Sean Payton will make the right call. Yes. Or at least a call before. No, I totally agree. Yeah. Well, let's get it here, boys. I got to run. Uh, again, Mark, 
Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. We appreciate your time again. That's- no, thank you guys for sure. Thank you for getting my foot in the door in this whole podcast arena. Of course. I appreciate it. Of course. That's Mark DiGiacomo Jr. At DiGiacomo Jr. That's D-I-G-I-A-C-O-M-O-J-R-I-I-I on Twitter. So you can, no excuses if you can't find them. I just spelled it out for you. <laughs> Literally spelled it out for you. Literally. So uh, Mark, thanks again. Everyone else, thanks for listening. We appreciate you as always. Be kind to one another. Be safe out there. And go Broncos. Hey, go Broncos. Go Broncos. There we go. How powerful is the Cox Network? So powerful that one day, the internet will let your doctor perform miracles from thousands of miles away. Connecting to remote operating room. Giving a whole new meaning to the term house call. Operation complete. The Cox Network, with gig speeds everywhere. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, bringing us closer. In Cox serviceable areas, speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms apply. Other restrictions may apply. The new Chevy Silverado HD puts you in command. Own strength with its enhanced available Duramax 6.6 liter turbo diesel V8. Own the lake with its available advanced towing technology and own technology with an available 13.4 inch diagonal touchscreen. The new Chevy Silverado HD. Own work, own play, own life. Learn more at Chevy.com. Find new roads. Chevrolet.